you for where you brought us from. Thank you for where you're taking us to. God, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise on today. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. And because of who you are, we give you glory. We bless you, Lord. Bless this word to, to our hearts today. Hearts of your people. There's no longer drought in the natural. You sent the rain. God, where there's a drought in hearts and minds and spirits on the day, send the rain, God. Rain on us, your people. New joy, new hope, new determination, new strength, new healing, new clarity of mind. That's who you are. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. with the saints of God. What a blessing it is. What a privilege. Amen. There's times in my life before I came to know the Lord, I might have been driving past the church at 100 miles an hour. But God, my rock, my sword, my shield, amen, he changed my life around. He changed my heart. And I'm so, so glad. I'm so grateful to the Lord on today. Praise God. So may the Lord bless you. Yo, I want to take you back to ancient Israel on this morning. We want to look at in the book of First Chronicles, written by uh, Ezra, amen, that preacher from way back from the 400s B.C., as he chronicles events from First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, and he lays it out in chronicles, left it on record, that we may uh, glean from the Word of God today. How many know today that we need the Word of God? Amen. We need a word from the Lord. Amen. A whole lot of folks got words they're saying, but we need to hear what the Lord has to say. Because God's word will stand forever. And so uh, the thought I want to use today is, I'll choose mercy. Amen. That's for me. I'm going to choose mercy. I have never asked God to give me what I deserve. <laughs> uh, uh, no, don't, don't give me justice, God. Give me mercy. <laughs> I need your mercy. Anybody in here, ever, let's just take a quick poll and we'll get into the word. Anybody in here ever needed mercy? Have you ever needed God to go your bonds, to bail you out? And I ain't just talking about jail. Bail you out of situations. Amen. Bail you out of, uh, of heartaches and pains. Bail you out of oopsies of the mouth. Uh, mercy, God. Have mercy. Because we are fallible beings. But we serve an infallible God. He's always there. We thank God today. Uh, you know, thinking about mercy, I, I, I was looking at it, and, and uh, the Hebrew word is, is hased. It, it denotes goodness. You know, talking about God's goodness, uh, loving kindness, faithfulness. You know, uh, uh, mercy is the fruit of compassion. See, you can have compassion on someone without doing anything. But 
when you put that compassion on wheels, you'll see mercy manifest. And I tell you, we always need the mercy of God. Good folks make mistakes sometimes. God, don't let nobody tell you that godly folks don't make mistakes. Now, nobody's walking around here on water. You know, we, we try not to sin. We try to live every day for the Lord. But sometimes we come short. Have anybody, I won't take, I won't, I won't look, but have, have anybody ever had some issues since you've been saved and loving Jesus? And, and you had to apply uh, uh, 1 John 1, 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tell me that ain't mercy. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Have mercy, God. Amen. So we, the central character in our, in our, in our lesson today is David. David, that musician, uh, uh, David, that king, David, that prophet, David, the one who killed Goliath, that big giant, praise the Lord. Uh, when, no, when all the army of Israel was scared, God raised up in a young man and said, I will take him down in the name of the Lord. He was able to tell the giant, you come with a sword and a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord. David one who, who God has given victory time and time again. Matter of fact, when we look at verse 1, it, it, it's, you know, this, this, this situation in Scripture today has the potential of being sad, of being hurtful, but at the same time being grateful when we see the hand of God working. Have you ever seen God's hand working in your life? Have you? Do you find yourself sometime in places where you know you couldn't figure this out? You didn't plan this, but God just blessed your little socks completely off? Anybody ever been there? Amen. Amen, sweetheart. You say, yes, been there. Been there, done that. Thank God. Thank God for his mercy. You remember over in, uh, I believe in, in uh, Hosea, God said, I have shown you what is good. And he said, what is that you would do justly, you would do what's right. And he said, and you will, and that you love mercy and walk humbly before your God. Mercy is not just for when I need it. How many times do we see folks today that need mercy? Folks that have done some egregious things, they need the mercy of God. God don't just distribute mercy out just for the sake of doing it. But when people call upon the name of the Lord, when we call upon God out of our distress, we call upon him out of pain and agony and our sin, God is a merciful God. Thank you, Lord. And we're going to look at that on today. So, so here's what was happening. David, Pastor Jones, God had given David so many victories, had established the kingdom in David's hand, he was now, Saul was off the scene, David was now sitting on the throne, and we know that David, as we've been told, we learn from scripture, that David's a man after, was a man after God's own heart. You know, that's, 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 you're talking about some kind of compliment. Can you see, yourself put your name there, that your name is a man or woman after God's own heart. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you. 
thank God for a new heart and a new mind. But God had given David and Israel victory after victory. We're going to look at verse in chapter 21, but then we looked at 19, 18, chapter 20, 19, 18. We will see how God was just wearing, wearing the enemy out in David's hands. God is faithful. See, when God makes a promise, you can take it to the bank. You know, and God has always used Israel, not because they were mighty, not because they were large in number, but God chose the nation of Israel, a little small nation of folks, to show the entire world who he is. That men and women can come to know the God of the universe. can come to know the God who sits on the circle of the earth. So, all right, let's get into the word. Mind you, David's a good man, after God's own heart. He's the king, <coughs> and God has given him victory after victory. Wow. So listen to this. Now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel. We're talking about a man after God's own heart. We're talking about the king of Israel, who God has given victory after victory after victory. Man, have you ever found yourself in a, even thinking sometimes, like, where did that thought come from? And I'm the only one. Have you ever had a thought to come through? You say, what? <laughs> you, and what you do, you hit the eject button, get it out of here. Because you know that ain't God. Then you had Flip Wilson. Some of you all not old enough, but comedian back in the day. His, his main line was, the devil made me do it. Now, I just want to serve notice on you. The devil can't make you do nothing. He can suggest to you. You know, he, he, he can read your expressions and this and that, but, but he can't make you do nothing. But he, listen, let me just, let's go into the word. Now, Satan stood up against Israel. Pastor John was preaching this morning about the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel. And here's Satan. This old sister used to say, old snoofer. That's what she called the devil. He rose up, he stood up against Israel, against God's people, and he moved David to number Israel. In short, to take a census. To, to count uh, count how many soldiers that he has. Now, mind you, we're going to see this. I, I don't want to get too ahead. But mind you, he's, got, he's already had victory after victory after victory. Who gave him the victory? God gave him the victory. See. So David said to Joab, that was his right-hand man, his henchman, and to the leaders of the people, he said, go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan, from north to south, and to bring the number of them that to me that I may know it. Now, why is it all of a sudden he want to know how many troops he's got? Because I've heard the word of the Lord say, not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. God is the one who gives us the victory. He is a good man, 
and he's now allowed Satan to put a put a bug in his ear, and he responds to it. And we're going to see as this goes on, and it's because of pride. Mm. As people of God, we have to make sure that we don't allow pride to come up in our heart. Because whatever comes out of the heart, whatever in the heart going to come out the mouth. Job answered, listen, but now, so Satan has come against Israel and moved David to, to take the census. And Joab answered, he said, may the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. He said, in short, why do we need to count the people? God has given us the victory over and over and over again. So, so God, now it ain't like Joab, Joab is an upstanding citizen, mind you. <laughs> it, it, Joab, Joab had some issues as well, but now he's telling the king, I don't, well, let me finish reading it, because he said, I don't know if we ought to do this. He said, but my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Don't all the troops belong to you? Why then does my lord require this thing? Listen to what Joab says to, to the king, to the man after God's own heart. He's, he says, why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? King, why should you be a cause of guilt to come upon Israel? You're the king. The warning is there. Sometimes we can get a warning and don't listen to it. Have anybody ever had that don't tell me spirit? <laughs> a mindset. Don't tell me. I remember we driving, going, where are we going? One time, cross country. I told Sandy, I know where I'm going. <laughs> Shoot, I didn't know where I was going. And after, I say, seems like we've seen that building before. <laughs> you know, so, so just because just just cause you're in charge or whatever the case may be don't mean that you always know what you're doing and where you're going. And we need to have a listening ear. We as people of God need to have a teachable spirit that we can learn and hear what thus says the Lord. So anyway, I told her, baby, you was right. Now, see, pride won't let you say that either. How many know pride is a bad fellow? Somebody showed you that you was wrong. And you say, okay, yeah. Why not say, you know what, you're right. I was wrong. I was wrong. You know, that's growth to me. That's that's really knowing the Lord. So so look at verse four. Nevertheless, nevertheless, after Joab is speaking, no doubt by the unction of God, to warn David. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. He said, I'm not listening to you. Email said, I'm the king. I'm in charge of the armies. And I want to report to know how many men I got so I can handle these battles. Now, God has already, as I said before, had already gave them victory over the enemy, Canaanite, Hittite, Ammonite, you, every ite out there, God, God gave them victory. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Therefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. Then Joab came back. It took nine months, by the way. It took nine months, almost ten months, for them to count all of the warriors in the army. So then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to David. He come back, okay, boss, here's the numbers. 
all Israel had 1,100,000 men who drew the sword. That's a lot of men. And Judah, the southern kingdom, had 470,000 men who drew the sword. Wow. So what happened? He does the census. He gets the data back. And now he knows <laughs> how many men that he has. But if you remember, Satan moved upon against Israel and moved David to number Israel. It seemed like there's a problem somewhere that's brewing here because there's times where God had the people take a census. But there's times where God said, don't do that. And so let's keep reading because we'll figure out why in the world is the subject of this lesson today, I'll choose mercy. I'm going to choose mercy. So in, in verse 7, I'll skip down to there. And God was displeased with this thing. My God. Anybody in here ever want to displease God? Yeah, I, if you do, you sure shouldn't say it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God, I'm going, <laughs> hello? No, we don't go there with God. I Listen, how, let me take another census real quick. How many want to please God? Can I just take a, a poll here? Amen. And I know I know it's a rhetorical question. And, 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 and God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, listen to this, God struck Israel. So David said to God, because evidently this, and we're going to see what this struck Israel meant. So David said to God, I have sinned greatly. It takes a real man or woman to acknowledge the fact that we've sinned greatly. You know, sometimes, you know, that self-protection thing comes in. And sometimes we want to cover our sins or justify our sins. And that's fine when you don't know who God is because you're just doing the natural thing anyway. But the Spirit of God brings about awareness to us. He, he, he convicts us of sin. We, when, we, when we find ourselves in a place and we're wrestling, and think, say, thank you, God, I'm wrestling with this, and I feel bad, but thank you for showing me myself. He said, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I pray, take away the iniquity of your servant. In short, he said, God, forgive me, for I have done, listen to what he said, I have done very foolishly. Again, it takes a real man or woman to acknowledge, you know what, I have blown it royally. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And so verse 9 says, Then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer. He, he was a, a mentor, a spiritual leader. He won a go-to man for David. Go and tell David. Saying, thus saith the Lord. Now, whenever you hear, thus saith the Lord, listen, wake up, take heed, stand up, sit up straight, and listen, because when God is speaking, E.F. Hutton have nothing on God. Some of y'all not old enough to remember that commercial. When E.F. Hutton speak, people listen. They don't mind listening to E.F. Hutton, especially the ones who ain't got, well, they ain't got no money. <laughs> so, so, but, but when God speaks, when you hear, thus saith the Lord, oh, that goes a long way in Scripture. I can say a whole lot of things, but what does the Lord say? Thus saith the Lord, and listen to this. God says, okay, so, so now God has acknowledged 
acknowledge and, and understand, well understand and know about four times that David had blown it. That David has got puffed up in pride and he counted the people thinking that his strength was going to be in numbers. Thus said the Lord, God says, I offer you three things. Choose one of them for yourself that I may do it to you. Sin carries a penalty. And folks can get by, but you're not going to get away. How many know that judgment day is coming? One day, folks will have to stand before a holy, righteous God and give an account for everything we've said and done. I tell you something about that awareness show makes me want to walk up right. <laughs> I don't want, Sister Carolina, I don't want sin to just hold on to me. I don't, I don't want stuff that, that's not like God to just stay attached to me. I want to shake that thing off. Because I'm saying, I, I'll choose mercy, God. Amen, because you're holy. So so God say, okay, punishment time. I want you, now my mother never gave me an option of what, of what kind of whooping she was going to give me. She never said, okay, you can either have time out, you can get a switch from the tree, or I can use this belt. Or depending on what it is, I can just backhand you. But so, but she never gave me that option. It was whatever came up at the time. I shared with the church once before. Y'all probably, some of you have never heard that. But my mother spanked me one time for what I was thinking. She had, she had got on my case and told me what to do and what not to do. And boy, my jaws were tight. I'm sitting there like this, Brother Andrew. And she stopped what she was doing in the kitchen. She said, I know what you're thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and when she told me what I was thinking, she was right. And boy, that woman cut loose on me. She didn't have to worry about me no more. I said, okay, I, I'm done. I get it. Thank you, God. So, okay. So, 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 Gad, go tell David. <clears throat> I'm giving, giving three things of punishment to choose from. So, so, so Gad came to David and said unto him, here it is again, thus saith the Lord, choose for yourself, listen to this now, either three years of famine, which means it ain't going to rain, crops and animals are going to die, we didn't have refrigerators, but whatever box you've got going to be empty for three years. So choose one of these. Either three years of famine, or number two, or three months to de to be defeated by your foes with the sword of your enemies overtaking you. Now, mind you, they have had vengeance after vengeance, and you know how people have got vengeance on their mind. You know, if the devil see that he he see a weak spot, he say, "Oh yeah, you got me once, but I'm gonna get you now." So, so number two was to be routed by your enemies for three months, to be defeated by your foes, my God, with the sword of your enemies overtaking. Short folks are going to be killed by the enemy. He, then he says, number three, or else for three days the sword of the Lord, the plague in the land with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. He 
says now, God said, now consider what answer I should take. The Gad says to, to, uh, uh, to David, now consider what answer I should take back to him who sent me. Who sent him? The Lord of hosts, the God of heaven's army, the God of Israel, the God who spoke and the universe came into existence. Gad said, come on, tell me now. Come on, we don't have all day here, David. What do you want, famine? You want to be whooped up by your enemy? Or you want to deal with the plague that comes from God? Answer me. Verse 14 says, so the Lord sent a plague upon Israel. I'm talking about the sovereign God. The one who is in total control of every situation, who knows the hearts and the minds of men and women everywhere. And some of this, I'm going to warn y'all now. Some of you are going to say, oh, man, God. Just keep on reading. Keep on hearing. Keep on understanding who this God we serve is. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and listen to this, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. Can you imagine? David now has counted the people so he could know how strong his army is and what, what metric he's going to use from his mind to defeat the enemy. And God takes out 70,000 men like that. I told you this is kind of heavy now. Let's keep reading. And, 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 and listen, what, and God sent an angel to Jerusalem to destroy it, to destroy the whole city. Thousands upon thousands of people there. Why? Because of sin. Because of the king's disobedience. Because of his pride. God sent that angel to, uh, to Jerusalem to destroy it. And listen to this. And as he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the, of the disaster. And said to the angel who was destroying, it is enough. Now, 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 just remember, we're going to close out. But just remember, David chose door number three. See, is that right, brother? He, he, in short, he said, I will fall on the mercy of God. None of these three doors sound good, but I know my God is merciful. I'd rather fall in his hands than the hands of my enemy. And, and so the angel is destroying. We're going to keep reading. This wasn't no, no angel like what, 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 uh, who wrestled with Jacob, uh, the, that side looked like a man, uh, you know, that was in, in Abraham's tent and all that. Uh, we're going to read where this angel stood between heaven and earth with a sword in his hand. Now, I don't know about y'all, but my, my thing would have been right off, yikes, and dropped dead. Anyway, let me get back to the word. <laughs> ain't no need me talking about, oh, yeah, ain't nothing but a little angel. Yeah, what? Okay. As he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster, had mercy, had compassion, and said to the angel who was destroying, it is enough. Oh, my God. Have you ever been in a place and you didn't think you were going to ever make it out or the situation was going to, not going to turn? And God said, it's enough. It's enough. 
I'm going to turn it around for you. I'm going to bring you out victorious. As he was destroying, the Lord looked and relented of the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying, it is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ormon and, uh, excuse me, the Jebusite. Listen to this. Then David lifted his eyes. What did David see? Because you know he'd been praying. You know David was saying, God, I've, I've done foolishly. David said, God, I have sinned egregiously against you. And, and, and normally when you're in a state of praying, you, you, you are kneeling. You, you have your eyes closed. You, you, you're getting in tune with the Savior. And so the scriptures say, then in verse 16, then David lifted his eyes. What did he see when he lifted his eyes? He saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven. That don't sound like, like a midget angel. This, this sounds real scary to me, because remember, the angel has his sword out over the whole city of Jerusalem, and he is destroying. And God said, that's enough. I don't know about y'all, but I'll choose mercy. David it saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven, having in his hand a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem, so David and the elders clothed in sackcloth fell on their faces. They got into a, a praying and a, and a repenting mode, covered themselves, and all said, God, have mercy on us. And, and verse 7, and David said to God, was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? Now, remember, David is a man after God's own heart. God has a way of bringing us to the place where he wants us to be to remember who we are in him so we can be all that we can be for him. And David said, said to God, was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? It's, it's important for us to acknowledge our sins. He, he said, I am the one who has sinned and done, e and done evil indeed. But these sheep, David now is seeing the destruction, seeing people falling all over the place. But these sheep, what have they done? David said, let your hand, I pray, O Lord, my God, be against me and my father's house. Now, remember, God is a covenant-keeping God. He's already made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and with David. That his kingdom would, would, would be forever. But David, in his sin and his repentant state, he said, God, uh, uh, let, it, let the punishment be against me, God. In short, take me out in my father's house, but not against your people, your people, God, that they should be plagued. Therefore, the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, that David should go and erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Went to his house and he did that. And matter of fact, his four sons saw the angel and they was like, whoa, they were like dead men. But you know, it's something special about this place where David is now to go and sacrifice to the Lord. I heard somebody say, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits toward me? I'll just take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. 
Don't you know the place of this threshing floor would turn out to be the place where, where Abraham offered, was going to offer Isaac? It's the same place where the temple in Jerusalem was built and where a third one going to be built. It just ain't happened yet. Wow. I'll choose mercy. So David said, I'm going to fall on the mercy of God. I don't want three years of famine. I don't want the enemy to whoop up on us. I'm going to appeal to the Lord. How many today feel like you can appeal to the Lord? I, you know, we some of us need to have mercy on some folks who have done us wrong, that we can be free to be all who God has called us to be and not harboring something on the inside. God, I'm sorry. God, I've been wrong. I have not released folks who have hurt me, but God, they're hurting themselves. themselves. They need you, Lord. We should love mercy. In Psalm 103, 10, it says, He has not, he meaning the Lord, he meaning the Lord God of Israel, he meaning Jesus Christ the righteous, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. How many know that? How many know that God has not dealt with any each one of us as, according to how we have sinned against him? See, we remember now, we all came from somewhere. Thank you, Lord. It's a brother who gets on every, 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 every Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock prayer. He's been saved now for about five or six years. Pastor Ralph led him to the Lord. And every morning he still said, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for showing me that I wasn't in charge. Thank you, God, for forgiving me of my sins. He haven't got amnesia of what God has done for him. We used to sing the song, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. And Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget, no, never. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. How many fear the Lord today? If you fear the Lord today, you've got to know that, you, that great mercy is, is upon your life from the Lord. As far as the east is from the west, listen to this. This is blessing. I love socks off. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. He has removed our transgressions from us. I need to grab hold of that because sometimes God, we ask God for forgiveness. He forgives us, and we don't forgive ourselves. We carrying that burden of sin around. Oh, I show hate. I done that. Let it go. God has said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've forgiven you. I've thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children. And I'll be the children of God. How many children of God in the house? Come on, let me see. Let me see. I hope he's heard. Amen. He said, as a father pities his children. So the Lord pities those who, who, will, who fear him, who reverence him, who respect him, who glorify him, who magnify his name. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. He have pity upon us. And I can speak for myself. God, I, I, I need all the pity from you that I can get. I'm just traveling through, trying to make a difference, trying to do what you call me to do. God, sometimes I stumble, sometimes I fall, but God, I'm crying out to you. I'll choose mercy. Psalm 105 say, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, 
and its truth endureth to all generations. If you read from Genesis to Revelation, you'll find mercy after mercy after mercy after mercy. Don't let nobody ever tell you that you've sinned so much and you've repeated some of the same stuff you've asked God to forgive you for and tell you don't keep coming to no. You keep going to God as often as you need, as long as you have to, because he's a merciful God. And he'll lift a heavy burden. When the weight is shown upon your brow, there's a sweet relief in knowing that the Lord will make a way somehow. Praise God. God bless you all. Sometimes we want justice. We want justice. We want that person to get what they got coming to them for what they did. Isn't that right? But when we turn it around now, we don't want justice. We want mercy. I like mercy better than justice. But I'm going to tell you something. If your heart is not right, you will want justice. But let me tell you something. You got the wrong spirit if that's the case. That's what he's saying. I choose mercy. God is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. It was his mercy that he's why he sent his son, Jesus. It's mercy. It was love. You know when we talk about God's love. God's love is manifested in certain ways. It's manifested in characteristics. Grace, which is what? That means God blesses you with something that you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. And he gives it to you because he just wants to. That's grace. He just loves you and he, he just loves you so much he just wants to give it to you. It's like how we did our kids on Christmas morning. They Sometimes we're bad kids. We even sing a song says, he knows when you've been good or bad or good, so be good for heaven's sakes. We even sing this song because we want them to be good little boys and girls because we're going to give them the gifts anyway. We already bought them. They're in the closet. They don't know it. But that's grace. Mercy is the other side to that. You deserve a good whooping. I didn't say a whooping. I said a good whooping. My son's laughing because he's got, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. A good whooping. Because you've been a bad boy, you've been a bad girl, you've been a good whooping. And, you know, we don't whoop our kids because we just want to be mean to them. We whoop them because we want them to do what's right. My mama, i never forget it, I was going to run out in that street. Mama had told me ten times, don't you run out in that street. I probably was only four. And sure enough, the ball ran out, ball went out in the street. You know how kids are. They, they hit it, they kick it, and run goes down the street. And I flew running right after that ball. Mom said, Boy, don't you run out in that street. And before she could say, before she got to the word street, I was, my foot hit the street. Street. Now I was already in the street. But there was a car parked. So I didn't go past the car because I knew that that was the, like the line. That that because it was that's where the cars come on. That's the other side of the line. I knew where the line was, and so I, 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 I cut, hit that street and I turned. Mom must have had a hissy boy, and she caught me. And then when I ran buff back up in the ground, she said, "Boy, 
grab me by the arm. I told you, boy, you running that street. Pow, pow, pow. It was a good whooping. But that's love, though. Love is grace and mercy. Those are the, those what that's what love looks like. Grace and mercy. How many choose mercy today? Amen. Because you know what? When you say you choose mercy, that means you plan to be merciful to the next person that comes upon you that normally you would say they should get what's coming. I'm telling now see this is one of those things that you have to search yourself because there are people in the world that we already have in our heads they deserve justice they need to get what's coming to them why because of what they did if and and, and so we can justify it oh no you don't know what they did oh no you don't know what they did you don't, you think God don't know what they did God knows what they did. If God sent Jesus to die for that person that you hate, you think that God, that Jesus came here to die for some people, only the good people? Do you think that Jesus came to die for the good people? Okay, let me have a show of hands who Jesus came to, didn't come to die for. If you are in that party that, that you're good, and he didn't come to die for you. Just raise your hand. You understand what I just said? He did not come to die just for good people. Because there weren't none. There, wasn't, there weren't none. There is none righteous. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. So which means those serial killers, he came to die for them too. You need to go in your Bible and read about this one king. His name is Manasseh. He was the son of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king. And Hezekiah was going to be was going to die. And God went to Hezekiah and says, He says, Get your house in order because you are going to die. And Hezekiah went and he prayed to the Lord, Lord, I've done all I've done all I could do. I've done all the things you asked me to do. And God said, Okay, I'm gonna give you 15 more years. And in those 15 years of extra life, he had another child who would be the next king when he did die, whose name was Manasseh. Go get your Bible and check out and read up on Manasseh. You want to see some mercy? Because Manasseh was the worst king that ever came along. And God ended up saving him in the end. I'm telling you about these the, the ones that you think should deserve that deserve justice. God doesn't see it that way. So that's a that's a that's something for us to think about. Those people that we think deserve justice and we think we don't. I don't want justice. Do you? I'll take I'll I'll ask for a show of hands. How many want justice? Nobody. Amen. Praise God for mercy. Amen. Go ahead. Let's stand. We're going to be dismissed shortly. We're going to sing one song. Our, our musician is going to take us through one song, then we're going to pray.
Father, this afternoon, Lord, we're so thankful for your mercy. We're so thankful that you are merciful, God, and your mercies endure to all generations. Lord, we're thankful this morning we awakened to find new mercies because your mercies are new every morning and great is your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God this morning, for the man of God. God, we thank you for speaking through him. We thank you for speaking through him and speaking to us into our hearts, Lord, in places that are hidden in those places where we need a touch. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is like a knife. It's like a master surgeon's knife cutting away the dead tissue, leaving, leaving open that, those places where healing can take place. And so, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for waking us to see this new day. And, Father, we're trusting that you're going to take us the rest of the way, the way through. And so, Lord, for those that heard your word this morning, this afternoon, God, we ask your blessing upon your word to their hearts. Lord, that they leave here with something they didn't come with, and that when they get to their destination, they will ponder those things and consider mercy over justice. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you for every heart that is here, that has heard your word. We thank you for those that are not here. We ask, Lord, your blessing. We ask, Lord, that your mercy extend to the homeless, extend to the hopeless, extend to the helpless, extend to the abused, extend, Lord, to the neglected, extend to those, Lord, that need you the most, those that are in hospitals, Lord, those that are on their sick beds of affliction, Lord, those that are looking for a miracle, they need money to pay the rent, those mothers and grandmothers who don't have money for pampers and food for the, those children, those babies, God, look on those mothers and children and fathers in shelters this afternoon, God, and have mercy. We thank you, Lord. We look to you because we know, Lord, that some things only you can fix. And so, Father, we say thank you. We're calling those things that be not as though they were. We're thanking you, Lord, now for that which we haven't seen happen yet, but we're confident that you're going to do what you say you do. And so, Father, we thank you. As we get ready to walk out the door, touch the box on the wall, bless it. Every money that we place into that box, God, use it to your glory. As only you can, Lord, order our steps today. Bless us, Lord. Be with us. Meet us in our destinations. Go before us, Lord, on these wet streets. Give us traveling grace. For my brother and wife as a Prepare to get back home to Las Vegas, God. Be with them. Go before them, God. Prepare the highways. Keep them straight. Keep them safe. Keep them dry. Prevent accidents. Get them to their home safely. So we say thank you, Lord, for all these things. In Jesus we pray. Thank God. Amen.